Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of Downtime Podcast featuring Alisa and Jeremy. Alisa, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I got takoyaki and I got chicken, popcorn chicken from Quickly's, and I'm ready to get this podcast on the road and eat dinner at the same time, so you know. Is that really all you're eating for dinner? Just chicken and takoyaki? Um, so initially what I was actually going to do is I was going to have the popcorn chicken with rice. Okay. But then um, they ran out. So I don't have rice that's cooked currently at my house. Oh, meaning that, okay. like, uh, meaning that obviously if I cook rice, then that's another additional 30 minutes. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my lazy ass was like, well, I'm going to order rice with, uh, I'm going to order rice with the popcorn chicken and make it a bowl. And they ran out of rice there too. And then I was like, you know what? Just give me takoyaki. <laughs> Very nice. And this is this is my life right now. No, no regrets. Fine. No regrets. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It still sounds awesome though. Sounds yeah. really good. It's it's pretty damn good. Granted, I <laughs> you you know, quickly isn't that good. <laughs> I could have Their their food is better than their drinks. Yeah, pretty much. I just near my aunt's house, there's a quickly, which is why I defaulted to that. Which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I made some curry tonight, some Japanese curry. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get uh, this little podcast started. I know. So, a note to our listeners. This is going to be an extremely long podcast. and we're Hopefully not, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm saying this right now, and it turns out this podcast is actually only going to be an hour and a half, and you can just go about your day. But... <laughs> we're gonna split this up into two um two parts the first part we're going to talk about video games the second part we're gonna talk ab- about things that are non-video game related so we're gonna talk about tv shows and movies and that's gonna be a spoiler half so obviously we're going to note when that happens yeah and you're you're welcome to stay if you've if you know the spoilers or you're welcome to leave it's up to you yes all right, the Game Awards happened three days ago. Yeah, so I wanted to just talk about kind of the winners. Yes. And uh, in in the podcast with Jairus and Jordan, we talked about we kind of like glazed over game like the 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 awards and the nominees. And so we you if you listen to that podcast, you kind of know my thoughts already. Mm-hmm. Alisa, we didn't really get to hear your thoughts. So tell me what you what you thought about. Uh, the nominees, okay. what you think about the show itself, and what you think about the outcome. Okay. And then I'll talk about the outcome after. Sounds good. So I'll talk first I'll talk about what I think about the awards show in general. So by the way, do you remember when <laughs> okay. Do you remember like way back when this used to be called the Spike Game Awards? <laughs> like Spike yeah. TV Game Awards. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's so random. Now it's like this supposed <laughs> like official game awards of the United States, which is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, like, it kind of evolved for a better, for better I in know, general. Because you know Spike TV's demographic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people on that channel watch. I know, like video game related <laughs> stuff. Seriously, so I, in general, um, obviously, all the listeners, you should know that awards shows do not denote like the all, like the all and for all best thing ever. Clearly, because everything is always subjective and everything is always 
going to like people will have different opinions and people will always argue and fan bases will like turn against other fan bases you know like typical stuff oh my god well yeah sure (laughs) sorry you know what i don't know for some in my head right now i'm thinking like when i said that comment i was thinking about like one direction versus justin bieber so that was that's yeah so so that was what i was thinking in my head right at that moment uh gotcha gotcha yeah but i don't know i mean fan bases with video games uh, i never really witnessed a fight before but i don't doubt that it happens anyways so what i'll say is what i think is great about these awards and award shows in general is that depending on the winners if your winners are a much more diverse um set of games then it exposes the general public to games that they may not have ever played before so even if they didn't win game of the year for example if they won like another category it's like oh what's this game like what just won best soundtrack what's near automata Mm -hmm. so And then it introduces people to rare games, or not rare, rare is not the right word, but games that they wouldn't necessarily play. And, you know, they'll just look it up and it starts a cycle. And I think that's that's a good thing about the Game Awards and just award shows in general. So going on Mm -hmm. to the nominees, Mm -hmm. I generally did not really see an issue with the nominees, but, but from what so when I saw the list for the first time, I was actually really shocked and really happy that a lot of um lesser-known games got nominated. And they're not lesser-known games, but when you compare them to franchises such as The Legend of Zelda or S- Super Mario, then they are considered a lesser game. Like, for example, Persona and Nier Automata. Those games are... N- not at the same echelon in popularity as those games because those franchises are like almost 30 years old Mm -hmm. granted i will say that persona is also a really really old franchise it's just that for a very long time um it had not been focused internationally yeah but I appreciate all of the different nominees, and then even Cuphead got some nominees. Dude, oh my god, there's too so much I need to talk about because I actually played Cuphead for the first time too. Okay, anyway, uh-huh. and so uh-huh. so um the so you guys talked about it, and it's because I don't play multiplayer games. But the one thing that threw me off was how um Player Unknown Battlegrounds got nominated for Game of the Year because mm-hmm. I know and ah. Uh, See, everything is going to lead into something which will lead into something, which is why this is going to be a long podcast. So, um, what bothers me about PUBG being nominated for Game of the Year is from everything that I've heard, the game is not even done yet. It's not even a com- yes. It's not even a complete game. And that really, That is my number one complaint. And that really, really irks me. And that's the issue with video games in the first place in this generation. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, all all award shows at the basis of it are just popularity contests. They are. And well, while that's what awards are, like the fact that something is not finished and yet is remain is nominated as well, as something that's of the highest regard, like I don't think that's right. Yes, exactly. And I think it's it's funny because the producer whoever made PUBG even made a comment like, "Oh no, this is not a game of the year." And, <laughs> that's funny and then here we are yep yep i was actually if you needed a reason to not take game 
if to not take award show seriously, that would be it. If PUBG oh, won, jeez, yeah, I'd, I would, I would be disappointed <laughs> yes, to say the least. Exactly. Um, now that was the only thing that really struck me weird about the nominees. Everything else seemed pretty normal or like pretty okay, and the nominees that finally came out. I'm glad how diverse everything is. Like I said, like near Automata one. Persona 5 won a lot of games that I like. I, I haven't played um, Nier Automata yet, but I do plan on playing that soon. But the typical games won, like, it's not really a surprise that The Legend of Zelda won Game of the Year. Although I do have a comment about that, but it's controversial. But I'll talk about that later. But two surprises. Uh, one, Cuphead, I think, won the most awards, which I think is awesome. And I think it's really cool that they won all of these different um, awards and got the recognition because I actually played it for the first time at my friend's house. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's it's one of those games that I've described before that's like holistically just fe- everything feeds off of each other. And, okay. and the art design and the music and what I like. So I can't really describe it because I only played it for like 20 minutes. But it's like the game is hard but in an enjoyable way (laughs) Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's really it's actually like a like i think the difficulty is it's a lot more harder than other co-op games but it's it's still fun and engaging Mm -hmm. and i don't it's i heard it's like so i was told like it's the dark souls of platformers or something oh yeah (laughs) oh dark souls (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really fun, though. I really like the art. I really appreciate it a lot. Even though um, I didn't necessarily have an interest in playing it before, mostly because I don't play a lot of co-op games, but that one was really, really fun. So I really liked it. And nice. Yes. And then my next comment about the winners is, I am surprised that Horizon Zero Dawn did not win a, an award of some sort. Um, yeah. Like, and I'll talk about it more when I talk about that game since I'm playing it right now. I mean, I can understand that. I can understand it not winning a lot of awards. I'm just surprised it didn't win at least one. So, yeah. What actually won like the best look? Like, what's the equivalent of the best looking game? Or like, you know, um, like what? I don't. Is, do they care. have something like that? Because. I would say, if there's one thing that Horizon Zero Dawn would win at, it's, like, being, like, graphically the best-looking game. Um, the closest thing is Art Direction. Oh. And and Cuphead won that. Oh, but but oh. Horizon Zero Dawn was nominated. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's called... Art, the, the description for Best Art Direction is for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Ah, okay, got it. So, because there used to be a best graphics award, I I think okay from the old days of Spike TV. Yeah. But as as games started looking more and more beautiful, it was kind of hard. That's a good and point. such and there's so much variety too because yeah. Cuphead won because of its style. Yes, and it's up against games like Destiny, uh, Breath of the Wild, Persona Five, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And I think all of those are stylistically different. different. Very, so it got very hard different. to say. Yeah, it got hard to say like best graphics because okay. that's, not, that's really subjective now. Yeah, it is really subjective. So I'll say that Horizon Zero Dawn, if we're looking at it from just the really basic realism style, 
that is the best game that is the best looking game of 2017 but now oh, yeah. but knowing that Cuphead won I completely understand why that won too but it's like like I said game show game awards are very subjective so oh, it's all yeah. it's all good in the hood <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah I mean they're they're probably going to create another game we'll see um that doesn't take away that doesn't take anything away from Horizon Zero Dawn that being mm-hmm. said, The Legend of Zelda won Game of the Year. And, um, uh, what do I want to say about this? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything to say about that. Never mind. I thought it was- Okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had a comment about this game, but then I've lost it. Because there's a clusterfuck of a lot of things I'm thinking about right now, so it's all good. I'll bring it up if I bring it up. Yeah, I'll bring it up if I remember. Yeah, no. What I want to say about um, Zelda winning Game of the Year is that I kind of expected it, and I have no gripe with it because I think it is one of the most beautiful looking games, and also probably one of the, probably the best Zelda game. Mm-hmm. My favorite is still um, Wind Waker. Yeah, but Breath of the Wild is a close second because of just it's it's open world capability. Yeah, and that's what. Uh, I liked about Wind Waker is that it felt like an open world. Yeah. Because you could sail the seas and go anywhere you want. With Zelda, it's the same concept except there's no sea and that you, there's a lot of freedom in Zelda that that you could just go around and do basically whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Of course, too, the game's limitations, but if you want if you want to like kill a bunch of those uh, orc, what are they called again? Orcoboblin? I forgot. <laughs> Things uh, in Zelda, then you can you can kill them however you want. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. For sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is what I have. This is what I have to say about Game of the Year, and I agree with you. Um. So it felt it felt very expected. Like even though it was against Mario Odyssey, and everyone was pitting like a, oh, blah 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 blah. Like Mario Odyssey is tough competition. I don't know. I feel like nah. I like deep down inside, I was like really people like (laughs) (laughs) i don't like i don't know if mario odyssey is gonna win game of the year and and also like a lot of it is like it has a huge fan um a huge fan base a huge franchise too and this is a drastic departure from other legend of zelda games like i'll say that if legend of zelda stayed the same exact way in this one i Mm -hmm. like everyone like would this really be a that big of a deal? But because they changed it up so much and added a new me- like different mechanics, it made things new and fresh and unique for a lot of their fans. Yeah, no, I I think it's uh, to your point. It's uh, on top of being a pretty game, it's also a very deep game lore wise because the Z- Legend of Zelda lore is awesome. Like there's there's on top of the music and the design of the characters and the use of color and just the names of of certain areas and even the characters themselves like i think this game was kind of like the icing on the cake for nintendo this year uh-huh. because it it's a it feels like a complete game i see to say the least yeah yeah and that's why I really like it. I, I I played it for the first time like several months ago. Yeah. I, I it was in March or April that I played it, and I just I really really liked it. it. It's not enough for me to to buy a Switch yet, but it was pretty convincing. 
Yeah, for sure. So there's one thing that I have to say about um, kind of The Legend of Zelda and the way it was reviewed and me coming from a bias of other of other games that I played and the legend of zelda like all like almost all throughout the board of all of these review sites and like a lot of the game awards like a lot of the journalists there are from these reward uh, review sites they rank this game like a 10 out of 10 perfect and mm-hmm. what i want to know from you well like you didn't play it yet but like this could be a discussion if like since you've actually like seen more of it and from the viewers like what makes this 10 out of 10 and or is it all just a subject or is it really all just a subjective thing uh i think anything is subjective yeah but but like why is it why is for a majority for a majority people yeah right yeah like why did this game like a majority of people say this like this is like a hundred percent like a real like the best game personally i think it's because it's also an easily accessible game yeah for someone who's never played zelda before this game isn't really a sequel to anything Mm -hmm. it's 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 its own thing like you can play this game not knowing anything about zelda Uh and still have a lot of fun playing this game yeah also i think you have to like open world games or just like rpgs in general because this is definitely an rpg and an open world game that uh, has a lot of uh, depth to it. I said I I keep using that word, but before, like I said before, like it's just a very complicated, deep, and uh, engaging game that I think it appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, and since Nintendo is basically like the Disney of video games when it comes to um, just uh, nostalgia, because everyone's held or played a Nintendo game at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. So, and Zelda is one of those the, is one of the first games on Nintendo's console, the NES. Yeah. Uh the, the, I mean home console. I don't know if you want to count the Game Boy as a home console, but yeah, on the, it was one of the first games in the NES and so that there's always been a Zelda game on every um Nintendo console. So, it's like this is that Zelda game, you know, for Yeah. For, so, and it's also like like on top of that, what another question that I have is like, how's Nintendo gonna beat this? You know, like this is the the best Zelda game ever. It's what everyone's saying, but how are they gonna beat that? How are they gonna make it even better? Yeah. So when the next Zelda game comes out, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Yeah, comment on one of our platforms if you want to tell us why you think Zelda deserves Game of the Year, or not necessarily Game of the Year. Why? Um, I would like to know why you think it's like a hundred percent or a ten out of ten. Yeah, tell Elisa that. Yeah, please <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> and I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it as a knock to Breath of the Wild at all. I'm just curious because this is the only ten out of ten game of this year. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. that's why I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Do you have any other comments about um, the awards or any no, lasting um, impacts? I, I, there weren't any surprises for me. Yeah. I, I, they are what they are, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm just glad PUBG didn't really 
win game of the year. Oh yeah. PUBG did win something. I forgot. But I have to say that there's like there's it's a really best funny multiplayer cat- game. Oh god. Um that should be best game still in development that ever- that's really popular. That's just like, the category <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I will say there there is a weird category and in the game awards <laughs> there's a there's a category category called best chinese game at the very end wait best chinese game <laughs> yeah why is that a category because so... then you could make an argument that you need a best japanese game what the heck exactly <laughs> in fact they're, 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 yeah you, prob- it's like, you it... probably need two <laughs> you probably are they need ethnically two. stereotyping yeah <laughs> So the description for best Chinese game is a fan voted award to recognize the most popular game in China as judged by the game awards viewers in China. What the heck? No, but so is it be <laughs> wait be- to judge by viewers specifically in China? So, yeah, apparently you have to be from China in order to vote for this category. That is so interesting. I why? It's- <laughs> I think it's because China's a really big gaming market, and they want a, as much audience and attention to the Game Awards as possible. Wow. Well, okay. I have a comment. Aren't a lot of Chinese games mobile? It looks like it. Yeah, like... I don't know. <laughs> like, remember that one time Remember that one time where I had to upload something to Chinese YouTube, uh, Yuku, at work? And then, mm-hmm. like, there were just ads, like ads on ads on ads of mobile games. Yeah. And Rub, and then Ruby made that comment, like, "Oh, that game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna ask much more into it, but that is kind of hilarious. But really, though, if you're gonna have that, I think you need a best Japanese game, or and you can even make an argument best European game too, because they're. Right. Yeah. So that's random. That's really random. Yeah, viewers yeah. or and listeners, if you <laughs> can explain why there's best Chinese game, let us know. Yeah, I just it's at the very very yeah. end of the list, and I was like, <laughs> this is weird. Why Chinese game? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> but they also have like the other weird categories are like best esports player. <laughs> I was like, okay, best that... esports team. <laughs> I was I like, know. what? <laughs> Like not everyone watches esports, yeah. so I I don't watch esports, so I don't know who any of these people are or any, who like, any of these teams are. It's kind of like what? Uh, yeah, it's like why are you here? What are you doing? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty okay. funny. Oh, okay. So yeah. this is just me. This is just me being a little salty. But if you're a fan of this game, then feel f- you can totally refute me and explain to me why. But um, I want to know why Injustice Two won Best Fighting Game of 2017, <laughs> and I also yeah I saw and that. And <laughs> I also want to know, I did not know that Injustice was a fighting game. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's a DC fighting game. Yeah, but I would like to know how that won Best Fighting Game. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah, I I I have no comment. I just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that, I think that's all my hot takes and comments of, about the game awards themselves. Yeah, I don't really have any other comments, Elisa. Maybe we can move on to PS Experience 2017. Yeah, and then we'll lump this into the game awards and PSX because holy fuck, I don't know how much gaming news came out of those two things this past week, but oh my god. Jeremy, you can start it. I'm still in shock by how many things came um, out. <laughs> I 
Well, I want to start with Death Stranding, the trailer, <laughs> because I I have a lot of questions. And Am I the right person you want to talk about this with? No, I don't want to talk. I don't. I'm not really talking. No, no, no. I'm not really asking you a question. I'm, I'm just. Like, I want to rant. Okay, because I just want to rant for, for a hot minute. Okay, sounds good. Because I'm like, if you have a question for me, Jeremy, I don't even know I can answer. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions because no one, no one can answer these questions. Sounds good. Okay, start your rant. I just want to say that on the on the Death Stranding, uh, Reddit page. <laughs> everyone, no one. Everyone has so many questions. Yeah. But the only thing that had a definite answer was, "Oh, hey, look, Kojima's in the game." I was like, "Oh yeah, he's in the trailer." <laughs> Wait. He was what? like a. Yeah, he's in the trailer. He's a what like is- a. He's a. He's in the the black mud stuff. Are you? S- you could. I'm oh not even God. joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I don't even know the time code. I just wow. saw the the screenshot. I was like, "Oh, hey, that's kind of cool." That is. Um. Holy crap. Okay. So, I don't really want to talk a lot about this, because I think if you're listening, you should see it for yourself, and then you can comment on one of our platforms and talk to us about it, and we'll try our best to get back to you and voice our own opinions. But I just want to say that Hideo Kojima, I don't know what's going through your mind, and I don't know what you're thinking when you're making this stuff, but please, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, uh, you're doing a good job, but what the fuck? What the what the flying fuck? This is what the fuck is Death Stranding? <laughs> I have so many questions, but it looks awesome. It looks graphically, it looks cool. Can you imagine and... if this is next year's ten out of ten game? Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> it would be it would be the meme of the year. <laughs> oh. There, I we no one knows anything about this game. <laughs> Kojima is so tight lipped. He doesn't talk about anything about this game at all, and I'm like. What? This is like, it looks like Alien, but it also, at the same time, it doesn't. And it's just, uh, I don't know. There's a baby. <laughs> Norman Reedus is there for some reason. There's floating. Oh, yeah. Floating people. The one other thing we know for sure is that Daryl from The Walking Dead is on this game. Norman Reedus. Or, <laughs> a.k.a., when he held that baby for the first time in that trailer, Norman Fetus. Oh, my God. Not even, I didn't make that joke. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was not. like, did you just fucking make that joke? <laughs> no, I did not. I saw it somewhere, and I was like, ah, Norman Fetus. That's funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's clever. But again, no one knew what this game was about then, and no one still knows what that game is about now. So Does it have a... You know. I, I wasn't paying attention. Does it actually have a date? I don't think so. I think it just said, like, 2019. Oh, it comes out 2019. Okay. But it is an open world game with multiplayer features. So yeah. I don't know what any of that means. That could mean like, who knows? You know yeah. what? Who knows? Got it. I'm gonna look it up on Wikipedia real quick. Goodness fucking gracious! <laughs> oh man, but Mads Mikkelsen's in the game. Really? Yeah, he's the bad guy. Oh, okay. He's a good bad guy. Yeah. And then, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro is in the game too. Wow, what the heck? For whatever reason, like his model is in the game. That is and then... so fascinating. Uh I think I there was this interview one time and he was and he was talking about it briefly on E3 how he's really into international cinema. So Who? Uh, sorry, 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 sorry Kojima. Kojima's really into oh, international okay. cinema. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's a huge fan of like Tarantino yeah. and a bunch of other people. 
I have nothing else to say about this trailer, to be honest. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Monster Hunter World's beta was released on Friday, December 8th, and it extends until Tues- the 12th. Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, so Tuesday, 11.59 yeah. p.m. is when it gets off. So before I go into a little bit more, I just want to say if you're listening to this podcast, you probably missed the date already as this podcast is going to come out way after Tuesday. So hopefully if you like Monster Hunter, if you're curious about it, (laughs) you can go ahead and you can play the game yourself and let us know how it is. Comment below and let us know how the how the the beta was. Unless unless by some miracle which is probably no the miracle would have to be that i have absolutely nothing to do tomorrow this actually comes out on monday we're recording on a sunday this comes out on monday meaning you have exactly 24 hours on on from this podcast to play the beta right <laughs> but you know i'm not going to promise anything so. yeah d- don't do that alisa <laughs> <laughs> but i will say i actually downloaded the beta and i played a little bit okay of it. I'll talk about it more after the game news. Uh, goes no, I, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I was going to ask you that, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll okay. talk about it more yeah, later. Little, yeah, sounds good. Yes, and then um, that's getting a lot of hype at PSX as well as Ghost of Tsushima, which oh yeah, which is we're still we're still fangirling over it. But hell yeah, God. But um. There's not really much more new things that were revealed, but a lot of PSX was a, was basically kind of like behind the scenes footage and behind the scenes details of the producer and um director of the game kind of talking about like the inspiration and whatnot. I believe Nate Fox is the Sucker Punch director who was working on this and he yeah, he's basically just talking he's basically fangirling over this game as well. That's what that's what all his panels were. And Oh yeah. How do you not? I mean yeah. oh my god, right? <laughs> I know. And um really the only new detail is he talked about how there's gonna be a lot of uh Japanese dialogue on this. Like I I didn't see. Is it a full Japanese game? Like it is not, dialogue wise. I don't believe so. Or I I don't know. Uh, you know what? I don't think he went that far into it. So I do not know. Was I forgot? Was the trailer in Japanese or there's just no words in the trailer? I don't. Oh God, I don't remember anymore. I actually think it yeah. was in English, but don't take my word for it. I I genuinely don't remember anymore. I'm re- I'm taking your word for it. I'm already taking. <laughs> oh God, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It's already there. Uh, but yeah, I'm super fucking hyped for that game. We're both hyped. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to be yep. so good. Anyways, like I said, I'm still making that claim. This game is going to be hella good. And if it's not hella good, then I will I will commit Sudoku with Jeremy. So. Yep, we're going to go across all the numbers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh. All right. So the last the last news that I want to talk about is how Soul Calibur Six got dropped at the Game Awards and um, PSX because I was like, "What the fuck?" There's a six yeah. one coming out, and I got su- yeah. I got super hyped for it because they. So I actually did not play the fifth one. I stopped at four. The four was the one that had Darth Vader and the Star Wars characters. Um. Okay. So I, okay. So, Does this? I didn't see the trailer. Does this one have characters from yeah. uh, other? So okay. This one. This care. Um. This one has. Do you actually know Soul Edge and Soul Calibur? Like, 
if I said names, would you kind of know things or nah? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry. It's all good. So I'm going to just go in detail for the viewers. So in this trailer, you have Cassandra and Cassandra is like sort of this Greek Roman um, character who fights with a sword and shield. And you have Mitsurugi, and Mitsurugi is a samurai. And you have these two fighting against each other. And it's like, those two characters are so pivotal in the game that when you saw them at the beginning of the trailer, you knew, if you're a fan of Soul Calibur, you knew immediately it was a Soul Calibur trailer. And there was just so much hype to it. And to my understanding, like I said, I did not play the fifth one. But the fifth one replaced a lot of old characters that people liked. But I I don't like I don't know enough to like completely make that claim. But the fifth one that recently came out was not popular. And now that you have this one coming out and you have two um mainstay characters who have been there from the beginning, everyone's just super hyped. Like me. That's all I have to say. The hype is real. This is the only. This is re- like one of the first and very few fighting games that actually use weapons. So yeah, 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 yeah. And as a huge fan of Tekken, sometimes it's really fun hitting someone with a stick. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I hope they. Yeah. I hope they bring back Killick because Killick is this character who has just like this really, really long staff. Mm-hmm. And. He's like a long range character where you like his like bamboo stick will just like hit like from really far away. And it's like super Okay. Awesome. I I've I've heard his name before and I've seen him before. Yeah. I remember my friend is being really cheap when he's playing the game and he was like hopping on the stick and just like hitting everyone. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> really so <laughs> it's like a he's like a Eddie Gordo. It's really, really easy to fight with Killick. But his moves are beautiful, though. It's like how I feel about Eddie, uh, Eddie Gordo and Tekken. Like it's really easy mm-hmm. to cheat with him, but he does Capoeira, and Capoeira is just like a wonderful fighting style. So that's cool. Yes, that's cool. And those are I'm I'm glad you're excited. Yes, and those are the I guess the all the game trailers and news that resonated with me these pa- this past weekend. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I think I agree with you, except for um, Soul Calibur. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really see the trailer, and I'm not a really huge fighting game fan. Yeah, for sure. But I did see the Ghost of Tsushima thing, and I did see uh, the Death Stranding thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I saw, was Death Stranding. I was like, oh, hey, Kojima's there. Oh, oh yeah. lads. I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I don't... I don't even. That's it. Just don't say anything. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best. I know. <laughs> what you could do. <laughs> <laughs> so really random. Um, since um, Monster Hunter World is a Capcom game, they announced that PSX there's gonna be like a DLC or downloadable where one of the quests or like not one of the quests but like your companion, um, or um like partner in the game can be Mega Man. And I was like, what? And I saw a screenshot of it. And it's straight up this monster this monster hunter world is pretty realistic looking like realism type world and you have like block Mega Man, like pixelated Mega Man in it. I'm like, what? 
I know. They're known for stuff like that. <laughs> like crossing over Capcom characters into Monster Hunter. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even look like a, like, they went full pixelated too. <laughs> like, they didn't even try to. Like, like not not even Smash 4 yeah. Mega Man, right? Yeah. Just like, like they, pixelated like Mega they, Man. That's so I weird. Know. I know. It's so random, but it's amusing. All the screenshots I saw and the trailer I saw was super amusing. <laughs> nice. I know. Oh, and then the last bit of news announced at PSX is apparently in the future, they're going to allow you to change your username. Okay. So... If you hate your username right now, or like you had your username from like PS3 times and then you grew up and you realized that um, 69 Blaze It 420 isn't for you anymore, you can change it. So That sounds like a great name. Why would you change it? Um, I don't know. I You know what? I don't know. I just have a feeling that maybe at least seven people in the world would probably want to change it. Okay, you you know what you do that, but I would still keep that name. That's okay. that name sounds awesome. <laughs> don't even laugh. It's it's not funny. I don't know why you're. Oh laughing. my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I don't play Xbox, but I think isn't it true you can actually change your username in Xbox? Yeah, but you, it costs like eight dollars or fifteen dollars, eight dollars. Oh I forget. well. Yeah. And it doesn't cost any money to change your username in Steam. Nope. We'll see how much they charge for PlayStation to change your username. Hopefully nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so too because, uh, man, I mean, they probably might charge you a little bit because PlayStation has been following Xbox this whole time and it annoys me. Let's because once, Yeah, because like once Microsoft started charging for internet, like online gaming, so did uh, PlayStation. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, everything will go well, and it won't even really matter. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I'm excited. Yes. 2018-2019 is looking to be pretty damn interesting, and um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and then, by the way, if you are a fan of The Legend of Zelda... Literally the day of the Game Awards, I think like what the second it was announced, like Nintendo did this thing where they released a DLC <laughs> and like the the guy who was announcing the DLC was like, by the way, this DLC is available right now. <laughs> and I think what? Yeah, and it's like I can just imagine like the people at Nintendo were literally just waiting for him to say right now. <laughs> And then just, he did it. And then he did. It's like he did it. And then just pressed the button, and it was available. I thought that was hilarious. Go bye 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 bye. <laughs> but that was hilarious. That was that was really funny when he did that. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have. Apparently, oh go, f- yeah. go for it. Go for it. I just want to say that um, Yakuza Six was playable at uh, PlayStation Experience. Uh, uh, damn. Uh, <laughs> Is that a sad cry? You know, I think I told you this before. There was a time where PSX was in San Francisco. I actually went to the 2015 PSX. Yeah, what the heck? Why did they move it? Because they move all good conventions. What the heck? I swear to God. Yeah, I know. (sighs) Like we have a big enough convention center in San Francisco. San Francisco proper. The Moscone's big enough. Yeah, 
No, that's like, where, the by heck? the way, that's where PSX was. It was at Moscone. Yeah, so, but why, why? I don't know why they don't have it there anymore. I don't know, but I... Uh, it's too far. <laughs> I don't want my Yakuza. <laughs> it's too far if I can't get in for free. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, what are you playing? What are all of okay. the th- what are all of the games that you're playing right now? Well, I'm playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. No, I'm not actually not playing that. I, was- I did download it though. <laughs> I thought you were I thought you tried it. Yeah, uh last podcast I was talking to Kevin about yeah. it and I I tried it for a hot minute. Um but I didn't really like it. As I said before, uh, just to kind of recap, I didn't really th- I don't really think it's Animal Crossing. It's not a yeah. Like to me it's not really Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is on a Nintendo console with like actual buttons instead of pressing on the screen. Like it feels like a point and click adventure version of Animal Crossing. Yeah. And I could see the wide appeal because it's Animal Crossing on the go, but I all Animal Crossing's on the go. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's, it's very true. No, it's totally yeah. true. Cuz it used to be on the N64 and the GameCube, but then when they realized that they can have more people buy it and play it wherever on the DS. They put it on the DS, the original DS. Yeah. Like the the yeah, and then they put it on the 3DS, and that was super super popular. Probably the most popular one uh, was on the 3DS. And yeah. Still no Switch announcement for the game, but it's at. I mean, it's on like phones, so I don't know. I don't know either. But to answer your question. Went on a tangent there. To answer your question, I am playing. Uh, what? 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 What's? What, Things. I can't remember. Things. Uh, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. Um. Well, I kind of stopped playing. Re- um. Titanfall two because I now have. I started playing. Um. Wolfenstein two. I beat Wolfenstein the Old Blood and I beat the first Wolfenstein yes, game again. Yes, I know that. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm playing Wolfenstein two. I don't know how far into the game I am. But I won't say where I am because just to avoid spoilers. But I feel like I've been playing the game for oh, quite a while now, which is kind of a good thing because if I felt like I didn't, I wasn't playing it for a long time, then it wasn't worth the money I paid for. Yeah. Although I did buy it on Black Friday, so I didn't buy it at full price. I, I shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. <laughs> and I I started Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm into like the like I'm probably like two percent into the game of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And I wow, damn, I could see why Horizon Zero Dawn was no was uh like nominated for so much stuff at the game awards because first of all it's a super pretty game the graphics are just beautiful it's amazing the music is really really good the characters are really cool the voice acting is like superb yeah um in the world there's i have so many questions about the world and i think that's what's awesome about it is that i I, there's so many things like where do the machines come from and and uh, why are who is your, who was your original mother and why are you outcasted? Oh like, yeah, I I, 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 there's so many questions that I want to keep playing the game and finding out more. Yeah, and plus, um, yeah, it's just it's it feels like an overall like good narrative. Yeah, and once I beat all those games, I will start playing, um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I'll talk about that once I start playing it. But probably not for another few months, since by the time I finish Horizon Zero Dawn and Wolfenstein, um. Uh, Yakuza, Zero, Yakuza 6 would have come out and then I wouldn't be able to play <laughs> Rise of the Tomb Raider at all. GG, <laughs> so man. We'll GG. Yeah, yeah. Struggle's real. Struggle's real. <laughs> so before I comment on Horizon Zero Dawn, how is Wolfenstein? 
Wolfenstein 2. Okay. Well, I will say it's a major upgrade from the first Wolfenstein game. Yes. Not not the not the very very first Wolfenstein, but the new order. Wolfenstein the new yes, the new order cuz the new Colossus it's really really well done narratively. Yeah. The storyline is really cool. The characters are are still like are really memorable. Um the missions are really cool, but my only gripe is that Every mission kind of starts feeling repetitive after a while. Okay. It's like find this guy, kill this guy, make sure you can make sure you do this. There's a boss. Okay. And then you keep going on and doing it. Like I understand that that's how a lot of like single player shooters are. But um overall I'm enjoying it. Like I that's think That's good. It's it's a it's a really beautiful game as well. Like it's using the id tech 6 engine, I believe. And hmm. it's yeah, wow! It's just wow. it looks amazing, and it runs at sixty frames per second on my PS4, which is great. Nice. It's, the first game ran on at sixty frames, and of course, I would I was hoping this game would run at sixty frames, and got what I wanted. So that's cool. Very cool. Um, I have like seen a little bit uh of the game, and I do the one thing that I know for sure is that there's like this old older female Fuhrer character, and that's all I basically know about Wolfenstein Two. I don't know. Ah, yeah. I don't know any other details about her, but that's the character I see often when I watch stuff. I recommend you play the first game if you're going to play Wolfenstein Two: The New Order. Not just you, Elisa, um, but uh, just anyone who's listening. Yeah, like make sure you play Wolfenstein: The New Colossus before you play Wolfenstein. I'm sorry, Wolfenstein: The New Order before you play The New Colossus. Okay. I mean, you you don't have to play it. But you will be confused about the story. Hmm. They do give you a nice little recap in the beginning of the new Colossus. Yeah. But there are there's there's a moment that I won't spoil. In the, well, maybe a lot of people already know this, but there's a you have to make a very critical choice to determine the outcome of the game, and it's a moment that is seen in Wolfenstein: The New Order. So if you oh okay, you basically you have to choose to kill someone, and that person holy if that Jesus, person okay. dies, yeah yeah yeah, you you cannot continue playing the game. If you don't kill someone, and you, you have to oh. choose between two of your team members, so that Spicy. that yeah yeah, so that happens in the very beginning of the first game, the New Order, Scandalous. and if you go into the New Colossus, it hap- that same scene happens in the beginning of the New Colossus. Oh, and so okay. The whole point of that is to determine which character, which character's timeline from the New Order that you want to continue on with. Ah, okay, um, that is interesting. So yeah, yeah, and uh. Of course, you'll kind of get a recap of what happened while you're choosing that person. Yeah. But um, honestly, I still say you should play the New Order because it's like visually and and narrative wise, it's a really, really, really good single player game, okay. single player shooter game. So I mean, it's super cheap right now because that game came out in 2014. So you should be able to buy it for a really cheap price. Yeah, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, I will, yeah. but uh, I have been interested in Wolfenstein, like actually since the early two thousands. So okay, like even with that yeah. very, very, very first edition of it, and um, you can uh, there's an Easter egg, not really an Easter egg, but you, there's an arcade machine in the hub world of Wolfenstein: The New Order. I'm sorry, The New Colossus. Oh, I know, you can ex- play. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about because when I've yeah. seen Brandon play it. He like he spent like a good like twenty thirty minutes in that arcade um game yeah, yeah. so I have told I totally know what you're talking about yep um but also you can just go to Steam and buy the game I could <laughs> I very well could but yeah. it's like a two in one deal Jeremy <laughs> you talking with me with that accent <laughs> <laughs> what's that New York accent you just busted out. <laughs> 
It's like a two-in-one deal, Jamie. (laughs) What? What part of New York are you from? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I wasn't even going for a New York accent. I was going for an accent. (laughs) Okay. I. It just sounded like you're from New York for a second. I feel accomplished now. So I feel accomplished that it um it got categorized to something. (laughs) Really quick and really random. Um, do you know the show "Fuck That's Delicious" on Vice? Oh. Yes. Oh my god. With Action Bronson. <laughs> yeah, so he's like he's a straight up New Yorker. Yeah. And then he had his cousin on one time. It was like on um the Hot Ones, that the show with uh, Sean Evans oh. where they eat hot wings and talk to oh, celebrities. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was on an older it was a it was like a couple of years ago. Action Bronson was on the show. Yeah. And his cousin came on. And his cousin just walked into the set. He's like, Oh, what's going on here? And then they both were talking to each other, like Action Bronson <laughs> and his cousin, and they they really sounded like they were from New York. Like, oh, oh this is god. pretty good, huh? It's pretty good. I was like, What the heck? Like what's <laughs> happening right now? But yeah, when you when you were talking to me with that accent, at least it reminded me of Action Bronson. Yes. I, I did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done something. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my comment about Horizon Zero Dawn, which, by the way, I started playing too, and I feel like we may be at the same percentage. Um, So Horizon Zero Dawn, upon watching that intro, was the first game ever on PlayStation 4 or in life in general that I in life, in life that I played and I actually said out loud, "Oh, this is why I should buy a 4K TV." <laughs> so uh. like I'm it looks very beautiful on my regular TV, like my regular HD TV, but it's like I understand now like the capabilities that this could have on a 4K or just like an even nicer TV or like who knows? Maybe there's gonna be an 8K soon. Like, um, it is a very, very beautiful, gorgeous game, and I actually recorded myself playing it. And then I don't even know if I want to use that footage because literally the first 30 minutes is just me saying, "Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful." So, um, yeah, it's a gr- it's a very great looking game. Um, yeah. So my opinion about the game is basically to me this looks like Skyrim and Braveheart mixed together. <laughs> wow, that is very specific. <laughs> it is super specific. But look at those costumes though in Horizon Zero Dawn. It's Yeah. It's, it's super it feels like Braveheart to me. The Mel, yeah, the Mel Gibson like, movie, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. It's just it's kind of cool how they took the machine's skin or like plates yeah. and put it on their Put it on their, like, fur. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really, it's really, oh, man, I don't even, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. Um, yeah, just say it's really and then just leave it's it It's really, there. it's really. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I, like you said, I don't know where this plot is going simply because, like, there's a lot of things you can do with nature versus technology in that, in that general umbrella like mm-hmm, there's a lot mm-hmm. of different directions you can go with that and on top of that too this game appears to have a lot of side quests i think that's why this game reminds me of skyrim because one skyrim is another gorgeous game and two there's like a shit ton of side quests that yes. feel like a real game and so the first time i ran i walked upon a side quest in horizon zero dawn was like this injured guy in like the tall grass and he's like 
my daughter is missing. Like, can you find my daughter in this one city that's like a little bit farther away from where you're supposed to go? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, this is <laughs> this is one of those games where yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like main mission and side mission. So this is going to be yeah. very interesting. That being said, um, fuck, I I was actually gonna try to finish this game by the end of 2018. I don't think that's gonna happen at all. By the end of 2018, oh, so by the end of next year. No, sorry, by the end of 2017. I was actually going yeah. to try and just like focus on this, but after but after playing it, I was like, oh fuck, no, I can't do this. <laughs> there is just too damn much to do. At least like from what I what appears to be in the first two hours. I might even spread out Horizon Zero Dawn like even further to like mid two thousand eighteen. We'll see. This is a game yeah. there's something about open world games of this degree that there's, I don't know. The more nature it feels, the more it's easier for me to space it, space out the game. Yeah. Versus, no, I feel you. You know what? You know exactly what I mean. Uh-huh, yeah. 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 Well, it's also a game that I don't want to jump into right now because I want to finish Wolfenstein 2 first. And I only jumped into it in the beginning because I wanted to talk to, to you about it for a little bit. Yeah. But right now I'm like, I kind of want to finish like a defined narrative that I'm almost done with yeah. as opposed to jumping into this large open world experience that I have to collect stuff, yeah, I have exactly. to upgrade stuff, gr- and it's like a whole, it's a, it's a grind, yeah. but it's an enjoyable grind. It's just a time-consuming grind. Yeah, totally. And I personally don't like to play three games at once, and I'm kind of doing that right now, so I'm trying to like just focus on one game. Yeah, my gaming life is fucked up right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, same here. <laughs> and I want to be able to like experience something to the fullest instead of having to like divide my time between two different games and be like, oh, what, what happened there? What did that look like? Then it just then I don't remember that, you know. Yeah. I don't remember what happened if I just, if I if I'm playing like two things simultaneously. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with you, especially for me because the way that I play games is I like. And it's like with it's like how I've played Grand Theft Auto and Uncharted. I like looking for treasures and I like collecting things. So I'm I feel very thorough when I play games and just like when you're walking around, there's so many plants to pick up. Yeah. And I just know this is going to be like a long ordeal. So I agree with all of your points. This is a game that like I'm probably going to space out, but it will be better for me if I space this out in the long run and for my enjoyment too yeah no i mean um maybe let's let's do this elisa let's agree to like kind of put this on pause because i know you're playing another game right now or like a couple other games and let's let's just wait let's let's finish our other games before we both continue on the journey of horizon zero dawn yeah yeah that's totally i'm totally down for that to be honest like if i play horizon zero dawn i really like it's only going to be like an hour a week if any, or like two hours, you're like all like two hours a week. If I even feel like yeah. it, yeah, like at least yeah, in yeah. this period of my life right now, yeah, I agree yeah, with let's, you. Uh, let's do it. Let's wait. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I personally, I just want to finish Wolfenstein, and I kind of want to start Rise of the Tomb Raider because I want to finish like a narrative experience that's not as open world and yes. as large as Horizon Zero Dawn. Because I went to the menu of Horizon Zero Dawn and I looked at the map. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, this map is huge. I know. The fuck? <laughs> I was like, like, I need to not play this right now because yeah. it is daunting. And holy shit. I know. Jesus Christ. Um, Put on pause. I put on... I held off 
Titanfall 2. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's only, the only two pl- things I was playing were Horizon Zero Dawn and Wolfenstein 2. Okay. So, yeah, yeah that's it. All right, so to finish off what I was playing, so I am actually uh, one of the people who downloaded the beta for Monster Hunter World, and I so, checked out the game. Yeah. Really quick, before you go on into that, yes, I just want to say that I don't really know anything about Monster Hunter, and I did, I tried the three the, the game on 3DS, yeah. like the, whatever the one was on 3DS, and I didn't really like it. For sure. But I, I mean, I don't really don't know anything about Monster Hunter other than that it's a multiplayer... It, it or can be a multiplayer online experience that you share with other people. Yes. And it's an RPG and you fight like Titan monster creatures. Yeah, it's like a monster quest type thing where... Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Where you be- and it's extremely popular. Yes. That's all I know. Yes. <laughs> now, I, so to preface this, I actually have... Ba- I had no expectations at all playing this game. So I totally played it on a whim. I never played Monster Hunter World before. This is the first mm-hmm. Mon- Monster Hunter game I'm playing. Now... You said you played this on a 3DS. So my question to you is, was the game hard for you? Control-wise, yeah, because you only have one thumbstick. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it was a demo, too, so yeah. it wasn't, like, something big. Yeah. So... It just, it was just, like, whatever. Yeah. So my first impression of the game is that it's a really hard game. And mm-hmm. the way that uh, so I had I had a talk with Kevin about this because Kevin has played the Monster Hunter series before. And shout out to Kevin. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin, <laughs> friend of the podcast. So. Yep. So this game, depending on the weapon you're yielding and the weapon that's equipped, um, you're it, it very it very much changes your fighting style and your movements. Like you'll be slower for some. You'll be faster for some. And they purposefully, like, made it difficult to just even handle or hold the weapons in general to the point that this demo has, like, actually includes the the practice mode where you can practice with your weapons and practice combos. Because it is, it's actually, in my opinion, it was really, really hard to play this game. Mm -hmm. And it was really difficult defeating monsters. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um I got it eventually. I got one of the quests. So for people who don't plan on playing the beta, what this is is you have three um you have three quests in the single player that you can do. Um an easy one, an intermediate, and a hard. And if you finish all three of those quests before the beta ends, then you qualify to get like special items when the actual game comes out. So, diff- mm-hmm. going through easy was an ordeal for me. Like, I actually had a very, as a new player, I had a very difficult time just even trying to get through easy. I, they get, so, for the monster quests, you have a time limit on defeating the monsters, and straight up, like, I defeated my monster in, like, 18 minutes when, wow. when and yeah, and I had... 20 minutes to defeat them so i was really cutting it the learning curve is hard but i understand too that if you are like if you have played this game before or get used to the controls that you can pretty much like master this game or not master is not the right word but you can like you'll get this game if you practice and yeah so 
Kevin, so what Kevin was telling me is that, um, it actually Kevin gave me the warning that it's going to be very difficult, um, dealing with the weapons, but because he's played Monster Hunter before, he knows, like, weapon controls. So. Okay, so you were playing with Kevin at the same time? I was, I, I'm gonna actually play, uh, multiplayer with him before the beta ends, but it was more like I was in single player and I was texting him and then, like, <laughs> I was texting him my gripes and he was texting me back. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It's a very pretty game. Games are all pretty these days, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah. Unless you're that. What, what was that one game you showed me that I was like, why does this look like it? was made in 2000 oh Shenmue or something <laughs> Shenmue oh yeah Shenmue 3 yeah that game does not look like it. <laughs> it's from like 2017 or 2018 but I digress mm. it's okay um playing through the beta is pretty cool I don't know if I will pick up the game at least like I don't know if I'm gonna pick up the game right at launch okay but the beta is enjoyable once i had after figuring out the system and i think that it's actually a much more difficult system to figure out than others Mm -hmm. yes and that is my feedback on the beta okay cool thank you if you're if you're listening and you heard what elisa was saying uh comment on what your thoughts on the beta are yes and on top of that i am also playing an rpg called Battle Chasers Night War, and I just got it off of Steam. Wow, that sounds and, interesting. What is that about? <laughs> um, it's really not like I haven't really like got into it, but you're base you're basically a team, and your team. I don't know the details yet of the entire story, but your team kind of like had this plane crash, and now you have this character named Goalie, and you're trying to just find like at least the first part of the game is you're trying to find all your team members Mm, okay but i don't i don't know what happens after that this is the first battle chasers that i've played i i looked it up there's like multiple battle chasers and it's by it's by thq nordic okay and um this is like it came out this year um it's available on all platforms uh it it's very much like so it's not made by a japanese studio but it feels like a jrpg especially in the narration and the way that they do dialogue feels very jrpg okay okay. it's like in fact i would actually say that this game combines a lot of elements of jrpg styles sorry sorry this game combines a lot of elements of rpg styles so i think that's very unique the the um the graph, uh, not the graphics. Um, like the dialogue reads like a storybook, so it looks really cool. And um, that's all the comments that I have so far on that game. I haven't actually found all the team members yet, so I'm still working on that. And lastly, I am three missions away, I think, from finishing the fractured but whole. And it just like now. Okay, this is one of those games where. It did not engage me as much at the beginning, but once you finally interact with all of the all of the characters of South Park, that's when the game gets really fun. Because now that I'm now ever since I was in this latter half of the game, um, I really really enjoyed the game a lot, and the jokes I I feel like a lot of the 
first half was set up and the setup jokes were not necessarily funny in my opinion, but now that you have everyone, it's I I really like it now. Okay, okay. Yeah. Especially since you've seen the show and yeah. you and then you, there's are familiar characters that you're playing with. That's kind of cool. Yeah, cuz you know, a lot of South Park is the on, is the entire ensemble. So that's what makes it so that's what make it makes it really fun. Yeah. And um so of in in I'm going to call it lore. In South Park lore, you there was this um three-parter episode where the characters were superheroes and you basically have that like those groups split between Cartman's group and Kenny's group. And those are basically the two superhero um the two superhero clans of this game and um basically um can it's like i want to say that the that cartman is marvel and kenny's dc mm-hmm. i think that's accurate <laughs> and um i basically after passing through and of uh, you initially start off with cartman's group and then you go to kenny's group Okay. And I actually I like in terms of battle, I like Kenny's group more. I think they're more powerful or I like their characters a lot more than um than Cartman's group. Like Kenny's like Stan is part of that group and Stan is like battle wise my favorite character of the game, for sure. He's like the strongest and he has like these really unique moves that cover a lot of ground. But and his individual moves like are pretty much instant kills. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, and I also have butters too. But yeah, this game is like this really is a reflection of the show now, and it is a lot more fun when you have everyone. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and I'm three mi- I'm three missions away from. I'm pretty sure I'm three missions away from finishing it. So really random. I I need to figure this out before I finish the game. Um one of the easter eggs that you collect in this game is you know Yaoi. Oh my god. Okay. What about Yaoi? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't okay. I know of it. I don't look it up. I just know what I it is. I was about to say I was about to say is this one of those things again where <laughs> I ask you, where you I ask you something and I'm like, how do you know this? <laughs> no, let's put it this way. If you go to Kinokuniya Bookstore in Japantown in San Francisco, at the very, very back of the bookstore, there's a section that just says Yaoi. And it's no like this way. giant. I'm not joking. Really? We were near there the other when we went to go no, eat no, no, barbecue. No. I didn't I no, I didn't know there was an actual Yaoi section. Yo, it's huge in the Kinokuniya bookstore. Yeah, at the very Holy back. Crap. I'm shocked right now. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's big. That is pretty. Wow. I would have never guessed. I should have expected that, but I even. Wow. That's all I have to say. Okay. Wow. That That's <laughs> acceptable. That's an acceptable answer. The end. So there's this episode of South Park where, um, so Craig, um, and I'll describe them for people who like kind of know what they look like but don't know the names craig is the is a guy who wears all blue and tweak is a character who kind of looks like butters he has blonde hair but his hair is like super crazy and his eyes are always twitching yeah 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 
So there was an episode actually of South Park that I did not see that episode, but apparently the two of them were in love or, or like, I don't know. I don't know the, co- I really don't know the context of that episode, but basically they were part of a yaoi. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and so part of the collecting is you, is I think there's like different yaoi posters of Tweak and Craig that you have to pick up throughout South Park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to finish that before I go into these final missions. Okay. Okay. Hmm. That sounds yeah. really fun. Yeah. So it's like, and they're all different. They're all different drawings of Craig and Tweak Yaoi. And you're just Funny. like, how, and you're just like, how did they, how did they, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just how, 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 why, what? Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yay. Yeah. We made it. We did it. Yes. Okay. I gotta look up the questions, so hold on like a hot second. Feel free to ask me anything random. Uh well, I wanna talk about movies real quick. Yes. So did you watch wait, I wanna wait, talk about three wait. trailers. Oh, you wanna talk about trailers? Yeah, just really quick. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Batman Ninja. Did you see the Batman Ninja trailer? Oh, I um, I did not see the Batman Ninja. Wait. Sorry. It's Batman. Okay. Oh, never mind. I did it's not. Cool. I don't. I don't know what that Batman Ninja is. Sorry. When you said Batman Ninja, I was I um, I went to Lego. I was thinking of Lego Ninja Go. Sorry. Oh no 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 no. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Batman Ninja, I, you don't have to watch it right now. I'll just okay. tell you like a preface of. What oh, it is. it's a Japanese movie. Yeah okay. yeah yeah. Okay. It's a it's it's by oh god what's his name, the guy who did the thing with the oh man, um, hold on I gotta look it up real quick. It's a um, yeah it's a movie by um. Takashi Okazaki, who created mm-hmm. Afro Samurai, and no way, <laughs> yeah. Oh so it's a, it's distributed <laughs> by Warner Brothers, and uh, it's like drawn in the style of like traditional anime, but it features characters from the Batman universe. Oh, that's interesting. And it's set in feudal Japan, and all the characters are Whoa. Japanified. So they have the Joker and Harley Quinn, Penguin, Poison Ivy, Red Robin, Robin, even Alfred and Catwoman. They're all like Japanese styled versions. And it looks Whoa. really, really cool. Like I'm really excited about it. There's been some backlash from some fans who are like, this isn't Batman or this isn't anime. But I'm like, you know what? Shut up. It looks cool. That's it. Are you serious? What's up? This is like... This is like epitome of Japanese anime. <laughs> like, I know, right? I'm like, what the heck? This is like exactly <laughs> what you need. <laughs> it looks so cool. I like. I, oh. I can't wait till this comes out. It looks so awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check it out. Oh yeah. Okay, what are your other two trailers? I also wanted to talk about the Jurassic World two trailer, Jurassic World oh, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Did you happen to yes. see that? I actually did watch that. Yeah, I mean. So the the guy they hired to direct this movie is a horror director. So I know the direction they're going for. It's just that this there's two things. The first thing is that this trailer shows the looks what it looks like the first thirty minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. and the part with Jeff Goldblum is only that scene. Like he only has a cameo yeah. in the movie, which is, which really 
makes me sad because I like I really like Jeff Goldblum as an actor and also as his character Ian Malcolm in the previous Jurassic Park movies. So I really yeah. wanted him to have more of a role in this movie, but yeah, I, I get that he he he's only a cameo because they want you to focus on the other characters in the movie. Um, yeah. The other thing is they only show the action parts, not really a lot of the horror. So we'll see what happens later when, when there's like some more surprising jump scares, what looks like there will be dinosaur jump scares in the movie. So when you said this was directed by a horror director, I looked him up. So it says J.A. Bayona? Yeah, Juan Antonio Bayona. Juan Antonio Bayona. Oh, he does... He does Spanish horror. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh fuck! Why are you, why are you freaking out? <laughs> Tell oh us my why. god! Okay, if this is what if this is what I think it is, this guy is a really good director. Oh, what Lord. movie? What movie do you like that he made? This guy did the Orphanage, El Orfanato. Ah. That is like that is like one of my favorite Spanish horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so. And I have not seen a single other movie that's on this IMDb list, but <laughs> just basing it off of that, fuck, yeah. I love The Orphanage so much. That is, like, such a, it's, like, a very well, it's, like, a, it's a good narrative. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do with, there is only so much narrative you can do in an action movie, an action movie about dinosaurs especially, but I have a, like, I have a good feeling about this is all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they really wanted to go in a different direction for the tone of the film. It still looks... Yeah. It's the sequel. Like, it is a sequel to a sequel to another sequel. (laughs) But it's... uh, (laughs) it's, They definitely wanted to make it more... Like, less action and more horror, which I think is a really good direction for the franchise. So, we'll see. I mean, I still have a lot of questions about stuff in the movie, but uh, I'll get those answered once the movie comes out. And the third trailer I want to talk about was Ready Player One that came out today. Oh, did you see dude, it? Dude, I did see it. That trailer's yes. littered with references to everything. <laughs> like they had Battletoads and they had Tracer from Overwatch and they had more of the DeLorean. I was like, what the heck? The yeah. licensing must have been so crazy for this movie. I know. So I will say from re- from actually being a person who read the book that the DeLorean is all over the book. Like, oh, you read? The- oh, okay. Is- okay. So, yeah, so I've actually read the book, and that is for sure a re- that that is actually a, like a reference that's in there. But everything else, I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this yeah. is crazy!" Like, I there's one thing I enjoy, and it's comparing books and movies. If I've actually read the book before, yeah, so I'm hyped to see what this is all about. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, and I'm one of those. I'm also one of those people that I don't believe that everything needs to be exactly like the book yeah. if it's good because everyone at this point should know that movies and books are just two different entities and two different types of entertainment. Yeah, that, the, yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say. No, Ernest Klein, he had a hand in helping write the movies from what I yeah. read before. And so he even stated that he knew that the movie was going to be different from the book and he's okay with that. So he had to make some, like, cinematic and creative differences for the movie version which i agree that's, with i think that's great yeah because he's i agree too he's the, the person that wrote the book so obviously you would want that guy to help you write the movie and he's very proud totally. of what they wrote for the movie so i'm, I'm really happy that's to hear awesome. that he helped them out yeah i'm really really excited for that oh man i wonder if they're gonna make a movie then for his second book armada 
We'll see. I mean, hopefully this movie will do well. I mean, honestly, yeah. the whole reason why there's a bunch of these like licensed characters in the movie is to have a wider appeal. Yeah. Because not everyone wants... Everyone will think at its core this movie's about playing video games, which it is, but at the end of the day, like they want to see someone that they're familiar with. So I think that's kind of cool. Yes. So the interesting thing is, uh, obviously the core is video games, but what it also is is it's a world that revolves around this video game universe. So you go to school in this video game. You work in this video game. It's everything is encompassed in this system. Yeah. So that's what this game is about. Or Sorry, that's what the movie and the book is about. Right, right. So it will bring a lot of interesting topics. Um, so I the one thing... Um, the one thing that I will see when the, the movie comes out is I want to see if the five main characters that I'm thinking of are in this game. Five main characters, meaning the ensemble, like, hero characters. Okay, okay. Yeah, so there's obviously, like, the main character, and I forgot his name already, but there's going to be, like, four other characters, so we'll Uh, see. I'm curious if they've actually kept all four of them. I only know his name is Percival. His, His gamer tag is Percival. There you go. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited for the movie. I think you should, you are as well, what it sounds like, because you read the book. Oh, yes. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. So, do I want to make a, do I want to make an outright claim about this? No, don't do it. (laughs) Okay. Who's the actual director of this? Steven Spielberg. I, oh, okay. That's, oh, I I thought, I thought he produced it. I didn't know he actually. They, okay. they that's how they could get all the licenses. If you say you're making ah. a movie with Steven Spielberg, obviously everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll let you license our character for the movie." Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, he was Got the it. he's basically the reason why mm. they could make the movie. So, oh she's. Uh, speaking about really quick, I think this is the last thing I want to talk about movies. Speaking about movies and books, I read The Disaster Artist and I watched the movie last Thursday, and I thought okay. it was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. There were a lot of cinematic, okay. there were a lot of um, things in the movie that were different from the book, but I'm okay yeah. with that because it was just to further the plot. Did you listen to the entire podcast that you sent to me? The audiobook? About, yeah, the audiobook? Yeah, I did. That was like my oh, second that, oh, time. Oh, that, that's, that's what you meant by the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was like my second time listening to it, and I read it two days before the movie because I wanted to um, uh, just refresh nice. on the whole, the whole story. So if yeah. you... If you sure. aren't familiar with The Disaster Artist, the movie, it's a movie about the making of this really bad movie called The Room, directed by this guy named Tommy Wiseau. And he's a mysterious man that no one knows where he came from and where he's from, <laughs> or like where, where he got his money from to finance the movie. And the book, The Disaster Artist, is a book detailing the events leading up to the making of the movie and the friendship between okay. the actors Greg Sestero and the director, Tommy Wiseau. And the book is written by Greg Sestero and I guess another guy named Tom Bissell. But, and the movie, The Got Disaster it. Artist, is based on the book itself. So For sure. There are a lot of scenes in the movie, The Disaster Artist, that if you've seen The Room, then you're like, oh, hey, that's kind of funny that they casted that person as that person. And there's a lot of celebrity yeah. cameos that you might miss if you aren't looking hard enough. But um, Dude, yeah, I don't great. know what it is. Is this an Apatow film? He's in the movie. I don't think it's directed. And it's not directed by him. I think it's produced okay. by him. Okay. Uh, so maybe Seth Rogen, maybe. I don't know. But, like, what was it? This is the end? Holy crap. Right. Do you know how many cameos were in that movie? Oh, yeah. I no. don't know. How, 
I don't know how the hell Seth Rogen and James Franco do it. (laughs) They suddenly just get all of these random ass cameos in their films. I think they're just like, hey, we want want to make this. Yeah. So So the the movie's directed by James Franco, by the way. Oh, okay, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So speaking of awards, a lot of people are kind of nodding this as potentially like, like James Franco's first Oscar award. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I actually do want to see this, but I just think it would be more hilarious for me if I've actually seen The Room before. So I'm wa- I'm waiting out to see The Room in all its wonderful, terrible glory, and then I will yeah. watch The Disaster Artist. But whenever I think of that movie, because um, the first time I ever saw The Disaster Artist trailer, is it's the one where it's like, the oh hi Chris or like oh hi, scene Mark. Where, like, oh, hi oh, Mark. oh oh yeah there you go like yeah. he like he walks out he walks out to like the rooftop and yeah 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 <laughs> he, can't, he can't that's like the only scene that I'm like generally aware of which is kind of funny because the movie the room is set in San Francisco because that's where yeah, yeah that's where Tommy like lived in the beginning yeah before yeah in 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 his early in his later life and so um. They green screened that whole rooftop scene, but the entire movie was shot in LA despite the entire movie being filmed, being set in San Francisco, which is like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. It's so crazy. So overall, I liked it. You don't, you don't have to see the room to watch the disaster artist, but I highly recommend watching it because it's just a really good comedy. I just comedy. think it'll be much, I think it would just be hilarious and provide more context. So yeah, no, I'm still down to watch it. We did talk about watching the room together. So. Yeah, just gotta gather time, peeps and watch it. Yeah, that one time we got breakfast. Oh, cause Donnie wants to see it too, and Jairus didn't see it yet either. Yeah, we should, and you haven't seen it either, Lisa. So we should. We gotta watch it. We gotta drink a little bit while we're watching it. And uh, sounds like a plan. Yeah, and then we'll we'll get back to you guys, whoever's listening, about our thoughts on the room. Sounds good. All um, right. Yeah. So, um. We are going on to questions and comments. So the first comment comes from Hooded Dude again. And Hooded Dude is actually making... uh, So this comment actually comes on episode 20... Episode 29. So it's the episode that you recorded the video for. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Hooded Dude? Long time no see. Yes. And his... (laughs) So his comment is my problem... This comment, by the way, is in reference to the Game Awards. So this was before... um, this was before the awards came out. So he's talking about the nominees and he's saying, my problem would be more with Horizon Zero Dawn than with PUBG. I platinumed the game and still don't think there's anything special about Horizon Zero Dawn. But yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care in reference to about the awards. Okay. In general. Yeah. So that's another, so that's like a, a new perspective because, um, I actually don't know that many people who've played Horizon Zero Dawn around me. Same. Because, you know, 2017 was just way too oversaturated. So, yeah. Um So, um yeah. We'll definitely see what happens cuz um we will play it. We're not going to play it immediately though. So, yeah. will so our opinion about Horizon Zero Dawn was pro- is probably going to come later in 2018. Yeah, so but I do I do agree with his comment that um, awards shows are like uh, I don't really care about it. I I don't really yeah. care about award shows that much. Yeah. So that is his comment. 
And the last one is a question from Anonymous. Hi, Lisa and Jeremy. What would you say is the most underrated or underappreciated gaming thing in 2017? Underappreciated game of 2017? Hmm. Or it's... I don't know if it's necessary if it necessarily has to be a game. It says underappreciated gaming thing. So gaming I, thing. So I could say like a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm <yeah>. just kidding. <laughs> so I think it's like anything that encompasses the gaming industry, but I don't necessarily think it has to do like it with a game itself. But that is kind of a oh jeez. I don't <laughs> Ugh. Uh, oh god. Um gaming thing. I uh, can I, uh, Do you think Yakuza is underrated? <laughs> not, not I don't think anymore. it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Like this this was this was the year it kind of blew up internationally. Yeah. Uh So Okay, when I hear the term underrated or underappreciated, it's something that, to the way I define it, is it's something that wasn't recognized, but is good. So, but I feel like, see, what I don't know is everything that I've played this year, I wouldn't say is underrated. See, everything that we talked about, too, like Nier Automata is pretty good. It's not underrated because everyone knows that it's a good game and it's already been recognized by the Game Awards. So that means that people voted on Nier Automata being there. So yeah. that's that's not underrated at all. Dude, I... Oh, man, Anonymous, this is a hard question because we've been covering... We started this podcast this year and we've been covering games all year. It's just... We would have to like pull from Steam or something. <laughs> oh man. I actually don't know. I uh, yeah. I want to give an answer though. Or like I I want to give some sort of answer cuz I'm like uh Um uh, I think I might have something. Okay, go first cuz I need to think about it. You know, uh everyone gives ukulele shit and I also give ukulele shit because I don't think it lives up to what Banjo-Kazooie is supposed to be. And I yeah. do think that it's a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie because it's one of those rare platformers that has two characters in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's underrated because it had a lot of potential to be what it could have been. But yeah. if you see it for... If you just see it as Banjo 3, then you're not going to enjoy the game, obviously. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of blinded by that because I love Banjo-Kazooie and I really, really want to play a sequel to that game franchise but yeah if at this point if i want to play banjo i'll just play banjo but i i still i think ukulele is a little underrated because of just because of the production that went into the game the game does look nice despite being on the unity engine uh the music is fantastic which i think in my opinion the music is the best part of the game and mm-hmm. the story's a little lackluster but it is simple enough for everyone to understand and I think 
I, I think it could be possibly underrated. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just saying something to say something. <laughs> yeah. I still have to play uh, it and give it a chance. Yeah. I got you. So, if you really want to break down the main games that I played and a game that most likely is not played by a lot of people, the answer would be Persona 5. Because with the Yakuza series, there, I, there is a, I understand a broader appeal of that game versus Persona 5, because Persona 5 is a, um, JRPG game based in a high school, where in Yakuza, you are a gang member and you're playing in a city. And it's very Grand Theft Auto esque, something that's familiar. So I can, so I can see, why people would play that game and but i understand why people would not play persona 5 i guess if you want so like i it's probably not the best answer but if i really did a breakdown that is probably the most overlooked game that i've played this year but i don't think that persona 5 or the persona series is underrated i actually think that the series is of the franchise and fan base is huge and it's like growing i don't necessarily like my answer but that's probably what i'll say to yeah okay i hope anonymous i hope that we answer your question i mean our answers aren't definite (laughs) yeah they're not definite i mean like basically i'm about to finish i i i still have like four more 2017 games that i want to finish so the possibilities are endless yeah eventually mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll, I'll give an update on that answer yeah i think i yeah that's it <laughs> yeah all yeah. right and that is all we have for questions holy crap okay we so, did it we did it <laughs> we did it all right everyone so this is the end of the video game portion of the podcast and congratulations for reaching this far it is a huge accomplishment you should all pat yourselves on the back <laughs> like right now do it at this moment do it yes <laughs> now what we're going so if you're if that's all then you can go ahead and end the podcast if you want to continue listening um, Jeremy and I are going to talk spoilers for Pixar's latest movie, Coco, and Netflix's Stranger Things season two. Is there any actually is am I missing something? Is there another thing we need nope, to talk about? That's okay. it. Okay. So if you want to listen to Coco and um Stranger Things, continue listening. And if not, the spoiler cast is about to start. So right. You've been warned. You have yes. been warned. Right now. All right. Which which one do you want to start with? <laughs> uh, let's talk about Coco because that's fresher in my mind, and I think okay. fresher in yours too. Wow. I just have to say, it it's probably not my favorite Disney Pixar film to date. My my favorite is actually Up, like ever. Oh, okay. That's yeah. that's my favorite Pixar film. Um, yeah. But damn, dude. Coco, Coco was really good, and it got me tearing up. <laughs> so I basically started. Okay, so uh, first I'll say, 
I after letting this settle, I'm gonna wait a few months. But I think Coco is actually my favorite Pixar movie now. Oh, after watching it, yes, nice, nice, yes. And I'll talk more about it later. Um, fuck that movie. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure after the 45 minute mark, I was just crying the rest of the time. So I started crying, like, like consistently <laughs> really when, yeah like what so after the part where um uh oh god the names 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 hector there's hector and then there's is hector the kid or is hector what heck miguel's the kid hector is oh his... miguel's the kid oh there you Miguel... go hector... hector's his grandfather he... yeah, yeah yeah okay so the scene where hector was in the slums of the day of the um, underworld or and um he's singing to the guy in the hammock because oh. he's about to pass on that was the first time i started crying and that was basically when it just like it went downhill for me from there like it was <laughs> over it was done that you're was like I, you're like i love this movie so much yeah. <laughs> i fucking love this movie oh, oh yeah were you like were you like messy crying or were you like tearing up Oh, so I was definitely tearing up and there was crying, but I was a silent crier, but there was some ugh, like there was like a collective ugly crying of everyone in the theater, oh. but I did not judge anyone because I was also crying with them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I actually, um, at that moment I picked up on the twist because when Hector started playing the guitar and he was singing, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like the, he would like, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's because I analyze movies and TV shows and like storylines so much. It's like, how would this guy not be relevant to the storyline? The fact that he knows how to sing and play the guitar and, uh, and he's with Miguel on this adventure yep this guy is the real like this guy is the real great great grandfather like i i i picked up on that one. Oh yeah no in the beginning of the movie when they showed ernesto and i was like oh hey like it's kind of cool that he's the grandfather of him and i was like yeah huh there has to be like something more than this because it seemed too simple and then yeah. um it wasn't until the whole poison thing when i was like oh shit like yeah. Hector's probably his real grandfather. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pick it up as soon as you did, but I was like, oh shit, there's a really good twist in this movie that's about to happen. Yeah. It was it was actually a really, really good twist. I picked up on it, but I it it wasn't like a oh, that's the twist. It was like a oh fuck, that's the twist <laughs> <laughs> type response. While, while you're messy while you're crying, like, oh fuck this twist. <laughs> <laughs> basically that's basically where i was at <laughs> nice um initially though like what you said i thought the twist was i thought the twist was going to be that ernesto didn't even, like straight up just didn't care about the family anymore mm-hmm. and that and that when miguel met his hero for the first time his hero didn't care i thought that was what was I yeah. thought that was what we were leading up to. Same, same. Turns out it was, yeah, it turns out we, it was way better than that. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, a lot darker and way better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I damn, this is dark, but fuck, it's awesome. It's so <laughs> good. Um, I just, I like when Pixar touches on a lot darker themes. 
but makes it in such a way that's accessible to any age. I feel like yeah. this movie, like for example, like I'm a I'm a 25 year old, almost almost turning 26 in two months. Actually, shit, in exactly two months, I'm turning 26, hey. and I hey, and I was fucking bawling, but um, and that's me as an adult. Mm-hmm. So so it's like this movie can resonate. I feel like this movie can resonate with as like as like for whatever age that you're watching it to be honest yeah yeah i agree especially yeah and I, like i said with the t- tackling like darker themes and up actually what you're saying up actually covers that too but i mean it's it's really difficult talking about death in general yeah but I, that's Espe- why i like um up so much is because yeah. i think it did a pretty decent job at talking about dealing with death and like dealing yeah. with like not being with someone anymore and that's why i really really like up yeah so what i really liked about this movie and the way it covers death is the way that it covers death and um kind of like the family afterwards because it's something that i resonate with because i feel like a lot of mexican um a lot of like themes in Mexican culture can could be like translatable or very similar to what happens in Filipino culture. So like for example, like my grandpa, like I like we do something on his birthday like every single year mm-hmm. as if as if he's still part of the family. So there are a lot of themes that were very very relatable to me and um I just thought that like what really what really touched me was the relationship between the great grandmother and and Miguel and then eventually what you find out with Hector is that that's his daughter yeah that was and, crazy yeah and also what i like was oh coco what what's this what does this mean like <laughs> what what does the title mean and then when you find out it's actually the grand the great the great grandmother's name i was like oh yeah more crying <laughs> i i kind of like the title in, in japan because though the movie doesn't come out in japan until uh march of next year which is so far away right um yeah but the movie in japan is called remember me oh i was like oh that's a, that's cute it, it's the title of the it's the title of the um the song yeah like the the flagship song of the movie the flagship song not yeah i was about to say there is that one fast song, Un Poco Loco, but I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Remember Me is my favorite song for that movie. Oh, I love for the, that For obvious too. reasons, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh, man. That was I'm, tra- I'm, trying to rem- I'm trying to remember my Spanish. Recuérdame? Yeah. Is that that's, it? Yep, yeah. That's right. Did you know that Coco is like the highest grossing film of all time in Mexico? Like of all time. Oh, well, I mean, it's... It's a good movie. <laughs> like I don't blame yeah, them for loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it is a really good movie. But it, it's just like it's crazy that this is like the biggest movie ever right. of that country. Yeah, it was very like it had a lot of very fun cultural things implemented in it, but um, it was kind of done in a way that's like easy to digest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, easy to digest meaning like once again like any age group would enjoy it, but it's kind of like, you know, it gets like for me what I look for in kids movies now that I'm older is I want 
kids movies to subtly like teach them good things and it's like getting them accustomed with like other other cultures and whatnot so yeah i mean i i don't really know much about mexican culture especially on the day of the dead so i feel like i learned something Uh, obviously the filmmakers the filmmakers had to like be accurate with what they were talking about in the movie i mean at least i hope they were otherwise mexico wouldn't have loved it right so i'm yeah they actually um so I got super obsessed and I looked up all the behind the scenes stuff after this oh, movie yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so they actually traveled to Mexico for like months. That makes to, sense. Yeah, bef- and um, the director is actually Mexican too. Good, good. Yeah, it was so co-directed that- by a Mexican person, by the way. Like, not to be script, not to be like. Get oh, it wrong. okay. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was directed by two people. Oh, okay, okay. The guy who sure. directed uh, Toy Story three and the and oh, uh, okay. another guy, nice. Mexican American director. I've heard, I forgot his name. I want to say his name's David, but that might be totally off. So I'm not going to go with that. <laughs> his last name is Molina. I just know that. Yes. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I love when Pixar gets really creative, um, like with Inside Out, how feelings were, con- how they represented, they visually represented feelings with the marbles and the, um, and kind of like a brain control mm-hmm. um, for your feelings. So in this, I love like I really liked a lot the concept of how you needed to have a picture on an ofrenda to be recognized and actually cross the bridge to go into um to go to earth. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was like really fucking like I thought that was really creative and really fucking clever. <laughs> I could yeah. tell the passion in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I thought that was really cool, too, because it was, like, a way for the dead to connect to the living still. Yeah. And it was done in, like, such a, like, it was, like, a very, very clever way. And then also, um, I had to look it up, but I looked, I had to look up the pedal, because I was like, so there's this, like, pedal, and I'm, and it's, like, super specific, and it's, like, a gold yellow pedal, so this has to be something related to, like... <laughs> to the actual day of the dead so marigold is i think the one of the main flowers that are used like when presenting bouquets and whatnot mm, okay yeah okay yeah so that's what that flower was gotcha and then, and then also um so you know how when a person passes on they have like a spirit animal that kind of transforms mm-hmm. so um Remember how Miguel kind of brought that dog? I forgot his name already. Dante, Dante the dog. Dante, yeah. So Dante, Dante is based off of a um, like a like an like a Mexican breed of dog, and he's based off of a god. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was another really cool thing. So that they did. There's a Very lot of nice. there's like a lot of history, um like history of like Mexican natives too. It's like really I like really exciting in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I haven't done a lot of research on the background of the movie, but I yeah. now now I want to from what you're telling me. It sounds really interesting. There's like the best thing you'll do is there's just like this video and this video expl- like explains a lot of the different uh, symbolisms of the character choices or like artistic choices they did and compares and gives an explanation of what it means. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Also, um 
the what the, there's only two um actors that I really recognize in this cast. So it's Edward James Olmos because I he, he Edward James Olmos and Benjamin Bratt because they've done crime shows before. Yeah, I was US, gonna say. I, yeah, <laughs> that I recognize, and everyone else I didn't recognize, but I'm saying that as a good thing because I always think it's fun when you have like really popular movies that come out but the cast is like completely new or like people you never heard of before right so so just opening up the floodgates to just new actors and whatnot also Arab james almost is was in um uh blade runner both of the blade runners i have not seen the latest blade runner oh okay so i so i i'm so i am like not sure about his character but i didn't even it's been a while since I've seen the original. I didn't even know he was in that one. Oh yeah, he's the detective that doesn't speak English. He like speaks city speak <laughs> in oh, that movie. Oh okay. Which isn't wow. which isn't is like a made up language they made for the movie. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> really, really random. Have you seen Miss Congeniality? I have not actually. <laughs> Damn it! I was gonna Sorry. say. No, 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 no. I was about to say, Benjamin Bratt is actually the love interest of that movie, but a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't, or like, if you know Benjamin Bratt, you'll recognize him immediately, but a lot of people, like, did not know that, or or still don't know that, so. Okay. That that is my fun fact. Cool. That is a fun fact. Yeah. 2018's Pixar movie is, like, The Incredibles 2. Yes. I think so as well. Yeah, and I actually really liked The Incredibles, but when movies like Coco and like Inside Out and Up and mm-hmm. like Wally and all of these things come out, it's like I have an appreciation for things that are just conceptualized like like at a fresh start versus just having a sequel. I don't like I don't have an issue with Pixar having sequels, like they're popular movies, you got to do what you got to do in the industry Mm -hmm. and i mean like finding nemo was bound to have a sequel toy story you know had three movies so it it doesn't surprise me and cars too so it doesn't surprise me that the incredibles has a sequel but i hope that like the i what i what i just hope for is that the success of this movie will pave the way for more like original pixar content to yeah like to come out more often i i agree yeah oh and then real quick did you know that there's gonna be a toy story 4 yes i did know that so no so no lie i'm kind of irked by that why (laughs) because i thought that pixar 3 ended like really well with andy moving on and Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very complete ending to the series because you start off the series with Andy owning these toys like Buzz Lightyear and um Woody and then it ends the fran and what I assumed was ending the franchise but it ends the franchise with Andy going to college and then kind of like passing on the toys and you know like just like the idea of growing growing up but you'll still have these toys in your heart that you grew that you played with. I actually thought that was like really nice. And now yeah. that there's a fourth, now that there's a fourth one, I'm like, what is this movie going to be about? <laughs> it's about finding Bo Peep. What? Do you know do you remember Bo Peep? Yeah. The, it's about finding her. It's 
Woody's love interest, right? Yeah, that's about finding her. She was lost. Remember, in the, at, and during three, they're like, they talk about Bo Peep, and then Woody doesn't say anything about her. He just looks really sad. So apparently, oh. she's gone, but we don't know where. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your reaction's really funny. <laughs> For sure. It's, it's, it's like... That was not what I expected the plot to be about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so there's other stuff that's happening, too, but I just know that's the primary focus. Interesting. Okay. So, we'll see. I mean, I it, honestly, you Disney has to make money, and they saw how popular those these movies are, so obviously they'll want to continue the series, right? Yeah. Gotta keep the machine going. I suppose. Like Toy Story makes video games, Toy Story makes clothing, and actually makes toys. So, yeah. you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I feel like eventually there's going to have to be a stop. Though. Like, for example, like, the Cars most recent sequel. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, snap! Rashida Joe. Oh, never mind. That was, like, a lot of information in, like, five seconds. I read this <laughs> article that was, like, Rashida Jones wrote co-wrote Toy Story 4. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I read the next article, and it says, Rashida Jones quits Toy Story 4. And I'm like, okay, well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happened so fast. That did really happen fast. Oh, now. Okay. That is. Oh, fuck. So the reason, actually, that Rashida Jones quit Toy Story 4 is because of, um, basically, John Lasseter um, admitting that he sexually assaulted people. What? Yeah. Holy crap. Was this recently? I I swear, I think it only happened, like, five days ago, maybe? Or, like, five... Or, like, five days ago was when I read the article for the first time. But, yeah, John... In the whole sexual harassment, um revealing um john lasseter is one of the people holy shit dude i know that is sad actually yeah that is super bad i'm really sad like how long was john lasseter in pixar and then also finding you know like he founded pixar basically he sounds like such a nice guy too yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. He's one of the he's one of the and he actually admitted to it too. I think John, what the fuck? <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's like I know it's how I felt. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me yeah before I before I create fake news. I just want fake to, news. I just want to confirm that he did admit to it. Just to. Oh yes, he did. He did. Oh he man! Yeah. yeah, I know. Not John. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, it's so, so gross too. It it's like it kind of reminds me of when I found out that Louis C.K. for the first time did all of that stuff. Oh and, yeah. And that one really, like, that one actually really disappointed me a lot because. Do you watch Louis C.K.'s, like, stand-up and shows? I've seen his stand-up. I haven't seen uh, the show Louis, though. Okay. You don't necessarily have to see the the show Louis, but a lot of Louis C.K.'s jokes, like, there's a good amount of them that revolve around calling out guys who are dicks to women. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And in kind of like how it's like, you know, like, don't be a, you know, don't be a fucking asshole. But and then he is the actual asshole. Yeah, right. And and yet. <laughs> and yet. Here we are. I know. And yet here we are. But before we go into the dark hole of that, I I don't mind stopping it there. That That's just what I wanted to say. All right. Let's go to change yeah. things, too. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I destroyed Jeremy. <laughs> you destroyed my, our Coco conversation, Elisa. That did not affect anything because I know. <laughs> <laughs> that did not that did not affect a single thing because he didn't even direct it. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Stranger Things. I I think that I like this season more than season one, but I that's not to say that there's any issue with season one because I loved season one. I just prefer this one over the first. Oh yeah. And what are, what are the three biggest things? For you preferring this season over the first season? I was actually really annoyed, like, the first half of season two. And I was annoyed because of Dustin. I did not, like, I did what? not, like, <laughs> yeah, I did not like Dustin's character at all in, like, the first half of the, of the season. Wait, why? Was, why? Because I was really annoyed uh, about him keeping uh, the uh, Demogorgon. Um, oh, Okay. Like I was really, really annoyed because you—it's like you knew that was a fuck that was fucking bad, mm-hmm. and you know how um, Lucas and like way like way in season one, like Lucas is always the one who's kind of calling out like a like the be to be realistic, and and uh, Dustin is like the dreamer almost, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all for family, you know, he's like for friendship and for family, but. It was like one of those instances where it's like, okay, literally your best friend just came back from the upside down. If this was, if this was season one, I would have been more forgiving because it's like, oh, it's all part of the adventure. But, but since this was after season one and it's the aftermath, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, can't you fucking see (laughs) not going to work out? Like, you know better. Yeah. Like, you know, way better. And that's so that was one one of my comments. And also it wasn't like an annoyance, but it was like just comically hilarious how everyone in like the first half of the season was just so angsty. <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was like middle school angst. It was teenage angst. It was adult angst. There was just so much angst in the air because, <laughs> because no one was getting what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was hilarious to me. But I was, and and there was just a point that was like, okay, but when's the action happening? Because yeah. holy fuck! So this is um. So these are the reasons why I prefer season two over season um over season one. So number one, I when it came down finally to the action scenes i prefer the action scenes of season two over season one okay i like season two a lot because i really liked will's character this season okay season one you didn't really you know you didn't know about will at all he was only in three episodes right but this season you got to see will and i and going into it i was a little bit suspicious like huh um I wonder what they're going to do with this character. Like, like, you know, the guys have so much chemistry right now. Like, 
what are, what's going to happen. But I was, I really, really liked Will's, like the actor who played Will, I felt did an incredibly good job okay. playing him. Yeah. 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 The scene where, um, they locked him in, um, the buyer's shed and it was just his mom. It was Mike. It was Hopper and it was um, Jonathan, and they were all trying to just knock sense out of him. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a like this is fucking crazy. This is a really good scene." Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So I really, really liked Will this season. Um, and on top of that, which is three, I like how it's much more developed. To in a sense that it's. It's the upside down storyline plus everyone just growing up, which is kind of like interesting because that's what's because going into season three, um, it's like implying, all right, everything's kind of normal right now. So everyone's just going to high school, but it's going to bring an interesting dynamic because for the first time, Eleven is actually just a student. She's now Hopper's daughter. Like Mike doesn't have to be angsty as fuck anymore. (laughs) But like, I, I don't think she's actually going to be a student because remember in the beginning of that scene, they were like, oh, you can, I just want one thing. Like, just, and then the, it was implied that he just wanted to let her go to the dance, like get out from the house and go to the dance. So I don't know oh, if she's actually free yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So that's a good point. I don't know if she's free, but basically everyone who's after her is essentially dead. So I don't know who else is after her at this point. Yeah, but I mean, it's I guess the fact that she's um, an experiment still is maybe what's keeping them from letting her just go roam freely. I don't know. She, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So we will see. Um, and then there's one more thing that I did. So there's one other thing that I did not like about this season. Mm-hmm. But it's set up for next season, which I think will be interesting. But it's set up um, introducing the other experiments that happened. And I didn't particularly like the character that they introduced. And I didn't like that uh, that focused episode that was in Illinois as much. But But I appreciated the episode for setting up season three that there's basically a bunch of experiments that are still out there yeah um and yeah that's probably those are all of my initial comments and then probably i can just bounce off of you after you go to oh man you said so much i don't i kind of agree with everything you were saying <laughs> oh crap okay. i don't really have well, anything to say now <laughs> no oh shit just say it, and I'll confer, and I'll agree with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I personally, I liked season one a little bit more than this season, mainly because mm-hmm. um, it felt the first season just felt fresh and new. Not that this oh, one yeah. doesn't feel that way. It's this one, the, although it did continue on like the lore of of stranger things i just think that there could have been a lot more done i don't know what mm-hmm. exactly i can't really tell you exactly what more could be could have been done i just feel like there there was a lot of gaps that i hope that they they like answer questions for 
And mm-hmm. my least favorite episode was actually episode seven, the one where Eleven goes to meet her sister, Eight. Oh, yeah. No, no, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That, that was what I was talking about with the experiments. That's my least favorite episode. Right. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They showed Eight at the beginning of the season, and I was like, okay, there's another girl out there. And then we never saw her ever again until seven episodes later. And I was yeah. like, okay, here's this girl that can do stuff with her mind. I yeah. don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, I was just sitting there like, I don't care about this girl. If you cut out season, se- uh, episode seven and in, in the second season, you would be okay with the story. Like, no, it would, it would still work. It would still work. And I really don't, I, I know, I think they might go into more of the, like, like eight and maybe other experiments later in season three or whatever. But I don't know if they can make it compelling enough for me to keep, like, like to keep watching that part because yeah. I just don't care. I just want to see more of the town's kids, you know? I want to see them more go yeah. on more adventures together. Well, it's kind of funny because the, the finale basically implies that they're going to go through high school angst. <laughs> because yes. Lucas has a girlfriend now, Max. And then the one thing that is unresolved is Max's relationship with her brother. And Dustin is just trying to, you know, like, become a strong, independent man who don't need no woman. And, like, and Mike finally has 11 and they don't have to go through this angsty shit anymore. So it's like part it's like funny because there's no cliffhanger that ended the season. So so I really am curious what the what the strange thing is going, what strange thing will be implemented in season three. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I shit if I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, 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 um. Sean Astin, Bob, was in this mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I was a, and um, initially when he was introduced, I was like, oh, this guy's bad. Fuck, this guy. Like, this guy is gonna be a really bad character. <laughs> like bad, bad, and bad as an evil. Oh, and, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this guy's not good. And then when he was in the car with Will and telling him the story, I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> this, is, this is like the nicest character probably in the series. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then I, and then I realized, I don't think Sean Astin has ever played an evil character in his life. Yeah. In his, <laughs> in his life. My my brother and and my mom could predicted that he would die. I um, I was, I. From the beginning, I didn't know he was gonna die, but when everything started going down, I knew he was gonna die. Oh <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, that, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like I didn't predict it from the beginning, but when they were all together in the hospital. I was like, oh, fuck, he's dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's gonna die. Yeah. Basically. Oh, speaking of which, so, my favorite episode of the series is when they're in the hospital and Will actually kills all of the soldiers who, um, who were burning the, um, who were burning the upside down because he basically called for like he basically kind of set it up for them to be killed and mike and joyce and um bob and hopper were like like 
what's going on? What's going on? And then Mike goes, the spy. And he looks at Will and like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) It's him. That was my favorite. I think that was probably my favorite episode of the season. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really fun episode. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Stranger Things. Okay, yeah, I don't really have any comments either, to be honest. Yeah, because I said all of them. Yeah, you pretty much said what I wanted to say as well, and I agree. <laughs> and I, I really like this show so far. Just can't wait to see what happens in season three. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because now I really don't know what to expect because the the series the season ended kind of clean <laughs> yeah as clean as clean as stranger things can get it was a pretty um non-threatening ending yeah i mean we'll, because the end shows like the 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 mind flare over the school gym but you know that could lead to anything at this point yeah really it, like it can mean a lot of things so let's we'll so. see i mean like the I don't know how they're going to be able to defeat the Mind Flayer, but again, it'll probably get answered in Season 3. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, See, that's why I think that the experiment, the other experiments might be important, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I hope they're relevant (laughs) to the story, I hope they're good. I hope so too. (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yes, we will definitely see. But yeah, um, I'm about ready to close it out. We've been going for two hours now. Yes, this was going to be a very long podcast <laughs> from oh, the beginning. Yeah. So if you made it this far, now you give yourself two pats on the back because that that is <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Seriously. Um, so, as you know, it's December, so we're closing in on the new year. Um, we're going to, so we're going to try to get in at least, we're going to, we're getting in at least one more podcast before the year ends, which is actually going to be an exciting podcast, um, summarizing everything that we liked in 2017. And that's going to, that podcast will actually come out um, around Christmas time, and we're gonna try to fit in one more podcast, but that um, that's a little uncertain due to our schedules and due to schedules of other people. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, the um, we're almost done with 2017. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. So this is the final stretch. Um, and thank you for supporting the podcast. Up until this point, and actually, yeah. in about like two months, um, is going to be our one year anniversary of this podcast too. So yeah, like, a lot of a lot of exciting things for 2018. Yeah, we have a lot of really cool plans for you guys in 2018. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your support because we're just doing this because we like to do this. Honestly, like we're not doing this for money. We're not doing this as like a full time job. We're just doing this because I think it's a cool platform. Exactly. And we're glad that, um, you know, 
there's people who listen to us each each week and um want to interact with us too so thank you so much and Mm -hmm. um just we're planning a lot of exciting things for next year so stay tuned keep sending us questions and comments and we will read them yes and um yeah that's pretty much it yep this has been the 31st episode of downtime podcast over two hours yep (laughs) (laughs) which we half expected but you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. but it's okay yeah all right good night everyone later all right